Rick Madison and Scott Lanigan, chair of Central Okanagan Journey Home Society, delve into the problems surrounding Kelowna's homelessness issue and interview community stakeholders to discover possible solutions. Rick Madison here with Scott Lanigan, and we have a very special guest, Shane Warman from Warman Commercial. Shane, hello. Morning. It's so yeah. good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to pick up steam from here. I swear. I sense it. I swear. I swear. Uh, so basically, uh, if you're listening to this, thank you for listening. And uh, just wanted to say this is, um, and we were just speaking about this off the mic, but why are we doing this podcast? Why are we doing this? Scott Lanigan. Thank you, Rick. Well, I, I actually think the first question, a lot of our listeners, listener, is it singular or singular well, we're or not, plural? We're not. Let's just hold off. <laughs> okay. on My family might listen. To <laughs> yeah, and, so and it's three. extended, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think they're wondering why it's always Rick Madison and Scott. Like, I think some people are asking, should it be? Notoriety, profile, no, that, no. whatever. That. Like, I totally the, respect the that. Uh, no, we were just talking about the fact that as all of us have engaged at different levels with homelessness in the city over years and in different sectors, there's we've come to the understanding it's just complex and we don't always know what's going on, you know, in certain aspects of homelessness. So whether it's in, um, you know, like Mark Burley a few uh, podcasts ago, just talking about downtown and how that impacts him right on Bernard there and some of the issues that they're dealing with. And then others that, you know, where there's Darren Call from the city of Cologne and RCMP and their perspective and how, you know, there is this concentrated effort across all sectors. And then, on top of that, you know, like Jonathan, who, who, and I'm saying all these names because we've had other podcasts, so I encourage you to go back and listen to them, but he's lived experience and his experience with homelessness and coming out of that. And we all realize it, it's complex. There's things we don't know and don't understand, and it impacts almost every single person. And then now as we're in the summer, as you mentioned, Rick, uh, you know, we, we see kind of a, a denser homelessness populace downtown. And it seems to be uh, with this heat wave and all sorts of things going on that it's more noticeable. And and so now, you know, it, it, it raises in individuals just, you know, a heightened experience, a heightened emotion perhaps towards it. And and we're, we want to have conversations to help educate all of us and to help us learn and grow and understand. And not only that, I think it's helped move our city forward. Oh, no, I, I think more education. So further to that education, we have uh, the talented Shane Warman. And so Shane, you, you've been involved and, and here's the first question is, I know you've been involved in different aspects of homelessness, but my biggest question is, uh, why you're a busy guy, you don't have to, um, why was this something that, that was a calling for you clearly? Well, I think, you know, like other people in the community, I wanted to help, but I didn't know how. And so often people think, okay, I'll donate my clothing to the, to the clothing drive. I'll donate a little bit of food to the food drive. And all of that is helpful and useful, but it doesn't get to the root of the problem. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, I mean, spent some time thinking about lots of different problems. Here's another one. Let's throw ourselves in and see what we can figure out. And I think to Scott's point earlier is <laughs> good luck. Um, and the problem is when everyone is looking at it, they're looking at it from their perspective. So if you're the DKA, you're worried about getting people off the street so the businesses feel safe. If you're the police, you're trying to you know solve big crimes and some of the petty stuff that people are complaining about can't be raised up to the to the level where they can do anything about it. And so I think you know the the challenge, and I think my involvement started with Journey Home. So the idea behind Journey Home was to try and 
coordinate the efforts of a community, um, which is what I think we're working to do. But when everybody's working in a silo, it's no different than companies that have to, you know, do a reorg because their company's not, one division's not talking to another or the city that has, again, a bunch of people that don't, they're all, you know, the traffic guy's looking at the traffic. He doesn't care about the bike guy who's looking at the pedestrian master plan who doesn't care about, the, you know, so until, until we all start to work together and it won't get solved. Um, and of course then, you know, it's always the big question. It's funding. It right? is. It's money. Right? Um, and further, so funding is, is definitely one aspect of it, but I want to go back to your personal experience with this. So you came into the, the space, um, you know, not really knowing, but obviously wanting to help. You're, you're a bit further into the space going through the journey home experience of, of, you know, you're talking to different lived experience people. Where are you, where, where are you now versus where you were when you first entered the space? Like, are you understanding obviously way more of the complexity, but, but what, what was pre and what was post for you? Well, I think it was, um, you know, very much pre was very much, I had all of the, you know, what's the right word? Um, prejudices. Preconceived that, notions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's go prejudices, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit that, you know, I walked by a homeless person on the street and I'd been told not to give him money because they were going to use it for drugs, so I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Certainly wasn't going to look him in the eye and I certainly wasn't going to treat him like a person. And so I think if the, the biggest thing I've learned is that we have to remember these are people and they may have different limitations, different things going on in their life, but they're still people. And so I think when you start to look at it that way, your perspective changes completely. At least it should. And certainly mine did. Is that, you know, it's not, you know, yes, it's a, it's a big problem, if we're going to call it a problem, as, as an overarching thing. But in the end, it's actually just individuals who are struggling. So breaking it down that way, I think, changes, hopefully changes your perspective on how you think about it. So, and, and you know, let's, let's throw it out there. Do you think that that is... Uh a common experience for a lot of people is that they they have these prejudices and and they they don't completely understand the problem they're they walk by people and they go why don't they get a job or why don't they get off the street or why are they here and then you know what what kinds of things do you think helped you the most was it obviously you went through a more integrated process but what do you think helped you the most was it education talking to people like how did you arrive at at this I mean, I think, I think all of it, but I mean, one of the great things with the journey home experience is we got to do a lot with lived experience and we got to spend time with, with people that were either on the streets or had been or what their experiences had been. And, and then, you know, so, so that was great. And then just understanding it more, right. You know, um, everybody thinks, oh yeah, just if people would stop using drugs or if they just get a job, everything would be fine. Right. It's sure. Maybe there's a couple people that way, but you know, when you start to, to learn, you start to realize that, you know, most people come to drug addictions for, I'll say legitimate reasons, lots of ways. Lots of them come through um, prescription drugs. Um, and so, you know, everybody always wants it to be someone's fault. And I think it's, it's uh, a lot less that way than, than most people would. You know, I think in our culture too, it's it's a pretty convenient culture. We can Uber your own food to your house now, right? You don't have to do it. So I, I think sometimes people perhaps, and you can speak to the Shane, did, you know, this Amazon Prime homelessness, you know, like let's just get her done. And it, it's a simple, like if I can just pay for it quicker or we can just move those people out or we can just do this. 
I think she should be good. And, and I, I think what I saw from you working with you on the journey home was that you realized pretty quickly, wow, this is multi-layered and this isn't a convenient problem. And it's not one that's solved simply or quickly. Um, and, and that kind of propelled you into taking some different steps, uh, personally and as well, uh, kind of with, with Warman, uh, to, to kind of invest in that community a different way. Can you speak to that a little bit about what you're doing and, and how that moved you forward? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I always forget about that part. Um, and try not to talk about it, to be honest. Thanks, Scott. I knew I got sucked in here for a reason. Um, so, you know, one of the things we did as a developer, and, and actually that's one of, one of the best sessions we had during some of the consultation with Journey Home was with a group of developers. Because everyone, it was, honestly, they were like me. You're busy in your own role. You're busy in your own life. You know the things you know, and you don't know anything about anything else. And, you know, maybe there's people that are broader than me, but you know what? <laughs> My life's pretty simple. Um, you know, we had a good conversation. Everybody wanted to help. Everybody said, okay, what can we do? The problem is, again, it's it's like, you know, when your friend's family's having an issue, you say, what can we do to help? And that's the wrong question to ask because no, very few people are going to tell you. You just sort of have to step up and do something. So one of the things that we saw, um, and then as a family and as a, as, a, as a company, we thought, well, you know, we're building an 82-unit apartment. Housing is our big need. So where, you know, where can we go in that space? And there was a lot of money being invested through BC, or BC Housing was investing a lot of money for some, for some residential units in Kelowna, but nobody was addressing, addressing youth. Youth. What's going on with my tongue this morning? Um, and so we decided that we would uh, take the main floor of our building that we're doing. It's a five-story building. We um, work through Canadian Mental Health Association. And so we, they have, we didn't do anything other than build the building, um, they have established a youth floor on, in our building that helps youth transitioning uh, into housing on their own. So um, provides affordable housing for them, provides um, counseling. There are two live-in people on site that help them. Um, and we've integrated that into our existing building. So that was sort of our, our uh, first effort, at least. Yeah. I, I hope it won't be our last into, into trying to help. And I know you don't want to wave the flag about that, but actually I think it's quite important because you, you looked at your sector, you looked at a, an issue and said, hey, you know, there is something I can do. And, and it, 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 although it took work, it wasn't like this complete renovation or, you know, destruction of what you actually had the intent for that building. It was like, hey, we can adapt and we can adjust in a way that makes sense, that actually helps the situation and the problem. And for us, it, it gives a, a, a renewed sense of purpose to the building you were, you were putting together. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, we feel pretty, you know, it, it's funny, right? I mean, it comes back to, in the end, we feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because we could help, and we did. And I think that um, that's the piece. And everybody might be in a different, you know, maybe you can't provide 18 units, but, you know, one of, the, one of the numbers that blew me away most, and I'll get the number completely wrong, but... You know, when we were looking at the homelessness count in Kelowna a couple of years ago, and it was three or four hundred people, and then we look at the empty bedrooms in this community, it was something like thirty thousand or like it was. Is this ridiculous number, right? We all have an empty bed in our room. Now, I'm not saying we're all going to invite homelessness home, homelessness into our house, but we actually don't need everybody to do it. We just need a few individuals that, that have the time, energy, and maybe the expertise to help. That kind of like that one off can help one person's life. And that's the cool thing for us is that, you know, for, for us, you know, we're now working with 
Canadian Mental Health Association to say, okay, what do the youth need now? How can we help them even more um, as a community and as a building so that the, even the people that live there have the opportunity to put money into a fund for a scholarship for, one of the, for what the kids need below? We don't know what that is yet. They're working on figuring out what's best, but um, it's looking like transportation is one of the biggest uh, hurdles for these kids to be able to get work or to get to school. So well, that's pretty easy. That's bus yeah. passes, right? So, yeah. So if you were, because there's, uh, there might be the odd person list, listening to the podcast with means. Oh, I thought you were going to stop, but just the odd person listening. <laughs> there's the odd, the odd person. The odd, like, yeah, not odd not in caricature, s- just like you mean number wise. Yeah, right? you're yeah, not going to yeah, swing yeah, a stick yeah. and hit one right away. So, um, but what would you say to someone who's listening to this that has the means and maybe what, what like if you were to chat with them and say, here's here's why I did it. And like you have your own reasons, your own purpose of why you did what you did. But what would you tell them? Like when you were having the meeting with the other developers, what, what kinds of things would you say to say, you know, if, if more of us pitch in, we might be able to, to help. With, I think, I think it's ask, finding the right people that will, will help you make that decision over what's needed. And that was where, you know, we were right in the middle of it. So it was easy for us to know that at this point there was no youth housing had been flagged yet. So that was an easy fit, and it was an easy fit for our family to, to get behind. Um, you know, there are other needs out there for sure, you know, whether it's autism housing, whether it's, um, I mean, there's, the list goes on. Um, it's all, and, and the government can only fund so much and will only fund so much. And the challenge that we found when we tried to work through some of the government programs for us is that that's a language we don't speak, and I don't want to learn it. You know, like we, I got you, we man. don't take on government <laughs> contracts for a reason. We don't, you know, that, that, there's, that's a specialty all on its own. And so, you know, working with the service provider that we found, they knew how to speak that language and they were happy to speak it. So we partnered with them to do, do the, what I call the heavy lifting because, you know, they're the ones that have to apply for the grants. They're the ones that have to do all that. Um, but, you know, again, it, I would say that if you really want to help, yeah, dig in a little. Because it's just like anything, right? If, you know, sure, cutting a check is, is, is one thing, but getting involved with a little time and a little skin in the game is, is way better, I think. And yeah, I don't think there's any problem staying in your lane. I think it's just creating on-ramps into your lane. That's the way I view it. So in other words, you stayed in your lane of, of construction and commercial buildings, but you're like, hey, let's create some on-ramps to actually invite these others to join. Like, you know, uh, we have this farm property at, at, at Trinity called Helen's Acres, and part of what we did is went, okay, can we, we're producing food for the food bank, so we do, you know, a, a lot of fresh produce. They don't get seconds, they get firsts. But on top of that, we created some micro plots for different groups to be able to use to, you know, for all sorts of purposes. And the number of recovery homes you know, use those plots, Mamas for Mamas, et cetera. And, and not only can they produce their own customized products if they want, but it also is in the recovery process. And so it was just transitioning a bit. It was our lane. We're in there. But we just go, hey, we can we can just position a little bit to be a, for a different opportunity. And to your end, like the the sense of uh, satisfaction of seeing that being used for a purpose. And they are able to create what they want. We just were able, well, hey, we can actually position some of that. And I think, like you said, Shane, depending on the sector, it, it's not like you're not trying to do something you don't, you're not the expert in. You know, we're an expert in this, but we can actually open our eyes to seeing different opportunities and, and invite others into it. Absolutely. And I think the other one that, that's interesting about some of that conversation is, you know, faith groups are, are wonderful and they, are, they often have um, some fairly pre-established things they like doing, whether it's food drives, whether it's 
But sometimes you go, you know what, actually in fairness, that's really not, like, it's not that it's not helpful, but, you know, you have access to volunteers, you have access to funding, and all of those things put to a potentially slightly different, that still aligns with their mission, could actually make a bigger or different impact that may be even, even more so than what they're doing. But, you know, just like anything, you've got to get through, yeah, but I've been in charge of that program for 10 years and it's been successful, right? I mean... And, and I think, I mean, that's what we ran into when we started looking into it was, you know, running into BC Housing and some of the rules they put in place and some of the, the ideas they have. Um, I sat in a board meeting, well, actually, it was, sorry, I sat with the board of BC Housing and I, w- I was in a room with probably 25 service providers and there was me. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how I got in this room in the first place because, you know, and, and it was interesting to see because the whole room was just praising the board all sitting there. And, oh, everything's been so good. And then it kind of got to my turn. I was biting my tongue quite a bit of the time. And it got to my turn. And I Probably said, bleeding. It was, a little, it was a little trickle out the side. He's twitching. Because everybody was like, oh, you know, you guys have been so great. Anyway. You're amazing. Well, what I did is I said to them, look, you know, you guys have offered programs to the, to the development community. You cannot build your way out of this problem. We as a, as a community, the B.C. government, the federal government can't build enough. They can't put enough money behind it to do it. You know, to me, they needed some free market help with that. And I said, look, that's my challenge to you as, as BC Housing, as a board, is figure out how you can get us more engaged. And, you know, they'd fight, fire back right away. Oh, we have this program and that program. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've looked at the paperwork on it and it's crazy. And it really is no benefit. Like I sat at one and they actually had this whole thing where a developer could get a, a rebate on the DCCs because the city if the city foregoed the DCCs in order to give that developer the break. So really they spent all this time coming up with a plan that required the city to not take money to build their sewer treatment plans. <laughs> then they'd give it back to, but then eventually the city, I don't know, there was some cockamamie scheme there. It was crazy, right? And all I've said is, you know, like, I mean, uh, to go to a specific, rent supplements, right? Right now it's, okay, we give people $365 a month to live. Well, whatever the number is, it's ridiculously low. You can't rent something like that in Kelowna. Probably anywhere in BC. Very few places anyway. So therefore, you know, maybe we should look at actually giving rent subs that match the city people live in. And maybe if that's the case, then the government doesn't have to build any units because people have a choice. They can go to free market housing and rent it because they can afford to rent it. And that was one of the things that came through loud and clear from from um, the lived experience voices was we like a choice in where we live. And we heard that time and time again, right? We want to, you know, BC Housing, Housing First is a great program, but there are people that don't want, that are either trying to get off or trying to get clean and they're living in an environment where others can use. Well, it's not too hard. You know, we all know what that's like, right? That bag of chips sitting on the counter there yeah i can only resist it for a day or two and then i'm going to eat them so So what's interesting to me is you have this uh you know a very big arena and you have some some government and and you put it so succinctly they have a government language and and layered and i'm going to say it bureaucracy to it and then you throw in you know uh free market enterprise and who make decisions based on straight lines. Like, there's a problem, here's a solution. If that doesn't work, we're going to go here. That often doesn't jive with government speak. And so I think um, 
people in your position who are developers and, and moderately successful, they're not actually going to go to those meetings very often because they get frustrated, they get peeved, and they go, listen, you're not hearing, like, I think rent supplements is a great place to start. Um, well, again, what advice would you give to people that get imminently frustrated with that government speak, and, and but they have to be in that space in order to make a difference? Well, I think, I mean, that's what I saw from the service providers was that, you know, the problem is, their fund that, that's their funders bc housing so you know again back to that room where everybody was praising him until i actually said a little something then others kind of went oh and if you could do this and if you could do that it would be better so it actually opened the conversation up a little bit i think um but that therein lies the problem is because when the funder and typically how it works the funder tells you what what they think you need and so you apply for it and you take their money right. because that's the way you know that's the way not-for-profits are set up, right? They don't have this constant stream of income coming in. And that's why for us, we wanted to provide, look, we've got the housing and we'll provide it. So therefore that problem number one solved. Um, you know, we <laughs> we tried to work, I mean, talk about frustration, we tried to work on a project um, for a, a, some autism specter housing or and Government says, oh, yeah, we definitely need that. And I got in a meeting, and I was the developer in the room, and there were all these other people from the B.C. government in the room. And, you know, here's the need. Here's why we need it. And I said, look, you know what? I, we have the capability to fund the, the physical property, and all we need is a little bit of rent every month, which you're going to spend whether you own the building or you're not. Why don't you spend the money to, to put it to the services that, that, to run the place? And they said, well, the only way we can do it is we would have to have, and this is what killed it, we have to have six normal, I think that was the word they used, people in here, as well as the six others. And the whole reason they need the housing is because those people have special needs and need help and can't live with other people. I, that was the last meeting I went to with that group. Because they, they weren't looking to solve the problem, they were looking to fit it into their guidelines. So yeah, you're right. like as far as how to like how do you solve a problem when all people want to do is throw roadblocks up in front of you? And I, and I'm not saying that those people weren't well-meaning and but they were trying to paint in their box instead of pushing the the box a little. So in my eyes, do you feel like we're making and and to both of you, I, and I ask this just about every podcast if you've been listening. Um, I have. <laughs> Are we getting better? Like, are we solving this? Because again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to speak for a lot of people I, I run into. They're frustrated. They feel like we're, we're losing ground versus gaining ground. Do you feel like we're, we're gaining ground and we're helping more people and we're getting more people off the streets? We're, we're providing more wraparound services or are we, just, are we just like grabbing a breath of water and then going back down and grabbing a breath of water? Well, I think we're working to solutions. I think, again, nothing changes quickly. So I would say to you that from when I got in this space th three, four years ago, yeah, absolutely, we've gained ground. Um, you know, and to make, you know, is this ever a solvable, solvable problem? I mean, there's always going to be individuals that can't fit in a box. And, and I come back to individuals. So now we're talking about individuals. So, you know, are, are we ever going to get every single person off the street? The answer is no, because A, there's some people that just 
don't want to be. And you can't, you know, unless we're going to go back to the days where we institutionalize people, those people by their free will can walk out the door. They can be provided housing and they can still walk out the door. So what we have to do is figure out how do we make an environment that that person that doesn't want to live anywhere is comfortable living somewhere. And so, you know, is the answer 50 unit buildings for that guy? Nope. Or that gal? Nope. They have an individual need. So how do we solve that? That's where it makes it really complex because there isn't a, here's the, here's the magic racer. We, you know, we could build as many houses as we want and there would still be people on the street unless that housing fit their needs. It's actually, you know, I, I'm convinced it's, it's, it's a countercultural perspective because culturally it's convenient. Everything's convenient in our world right now. You know, Instagram, I joked about Amazon Prime, you know, Uber, everything is now, 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 now. And, and I think a lot of us like to see the finish line and all the steps to the finish line before starting. And I think this situation is none of that. And, and therefore it seems quite daunting to step into it. And like, what difference can I make? And I think what Shane has said is, yeah, it may never be exactly the way we think it should be, but it can get to a point where if we all just start taking that first step and, and, and looking for a way that makes sense for us within our sector, within our business personally, uh, or both and, that, that we can start contributing in a way that will help us continue to move forward and we'll actually see some progress. And then what, what I often found in my life is if I just take the first step, I, I've taken 10 more steps. And then when I look back, I'm like, oh, actually, we did move quite a ways. Right. And I think we, we, we got to look at our wake sometimes, you know, and go look back and go, oh, wow. Yeah, actually, we've moved a long way in this. And I think we really have. And yeah, there's miles to go, miles to go to get to any sense of where it feels like we've tipped the scales. But I think it's so critical that individuals listening go, what can I contribute? Well, it can be in a small way. And I know Shane won't talk about it uh, again because he doesn't like doing that. But I know one of the things that he did was also hire an individual with lived experience and just trying to say, hey, I can do that. I can put somebody on my job site. That was simple, right? And it was complex and it had its its ups and downs. But you know, those are there's it doesn't have to be a massive thing. It can just be a small thing. It could be opening your, you know, Rick, you talked about off air here about opening your Thanksgiving table to somebody who was not a, wasn't a close friend, wasn't somebody that you would normally hang out with, but you said, you know what, let's just do it. It's those little pieces that we're not necessarily always good at in our community. You know, and I, I, I frankly, we're personal people. We're, you know, we're a little bit closed. And so I think if we can be a little more open-minded and open perspective, that will take us far away, similar to Shane. And, and what I loved about Shane as part of the journey home, uh, when we worked he's, together. He's right here, by the way. Oh, hi, Shane. <laughs> I've anyway. never heard Scott talk nicely about me, so this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to stop. Gonna see right. What I loved about you, Shane, was that you were the counter voice, and, and, and rightly so, appropriately, and you said, guys, I'm sometimes going to bring a different perspective because I think it gets us farther. And even that, it wasn't a negative. It was a how. There's a purpose to it, and I always liked that about you. And I don't know if I still like that about you, but I like that about you then. I'm a contrarian. <laughs> I, I do think, though, that it almost sounds to me, and because I've been to those meetings too, Shane, where I almost think you need an interpreter between the business marketplace and, and, and maybe a government culture. Because, And again, there's no malicious agenda. There's no nothing nefarious or anything else. It's just that there's a language over here and there's a language over here, and sometimes they don't mesh. And then people get frustrated and they leave. But what I've always appreciated about the free market economy is the fact that uh, there's these are battle-tested decisions that are being made. Like it's not like they're just made in a in a vacuum. They're made because they make sense, 
or because there's a simplistic value to it, but there's usually a reasoning behind the decision. And that's what I've always appreciated. And that's why I think government, for the most part, should employ more free market and say, listen, we kind of suck at this. <laughs> can can you guys, like, and, 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 and again, I, I don't know what that looks like, but again, I just feel like the business environment, the business community, and we're all grateful for what, you know, places like Kelowna and have given us to give back and to give a voice to it. And maybe, again, you know, you gave uh, a property a space and you've done a lot of other things. But, but to give it a voice, I think, is really important. Well, not, and I think, honestly, I think that, you know, one of the reasons I was always a bit counter to what was going on in the room is because I was bringing that different perspective. And when you're sitting in a room with a bunch of people, and, that, you know, go back to that BC Housing Board meeting, right? Everybody in that room got funding from those people. They all were in the same line of work. They were all struggling with the same things. And they're in it day to day up to their necks. When do they have time to think about an alternate agenda for things? So that's what, you know, that's what I always feel like, you know, like when, I, when I'm on a board, that's one of the things I do. I'm like, okay, well, have we thought about it from this way? And again, I, I appreciate from Scott that it wasn't negative because I did feel lots of the times like I was just being negative to it. But it's like, have we thought about it from this perspective? And then hopefully, even if you can, you know, so as a person, if you if that's all you can contribute is to get people to think further about it and come up with a different solution, that's huge, right? And that's where those ideas come from, right? None of these companies got their, you know, these like Amazon, he didn't start by doing what everybody else was doing. He did something that, and everybody now goes, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, now. Right, now, that's not such a bad it idea. Good. It looks really smart now, right? Um, so just last question, maybe. Uh, Funding, you, you mentioned one of the solutions is funding right off the top. Just give me a quick perspective on what you meant by that for homelessness. You said funding is really the core issue. Well, the challenge we have is that, you know, if an individual is on the street, they get a certain amount of money from the government. Actually, if they're on the street, they don't get anything because they don't have a permanent address. Once we can get them an address, there's a certain amount of funding they're entitled to. But I would challenge anybody to try and live off that because you can't. So therefore, that's a problem. So therefore, they're out of the free market economy. So when you're not in that economy, you're kind of forgotten. I've been, we've been watching this, this show the other day, and that's, that's, the guy's sort of a complete contrarian, and it's pretty funny to hear him go off, right? But you know, one of the things he says, you know, this is our throwaway. The homelessness situation across North America, these are throwaway people. They're not consumers, therefore they don't count. And, you know, that attitude has to change. And so, you know, do we hand them a whole bunch of money when they maybe aren't responsible enough to deal with it? No. But give them an environment they can thrive in and they'll probably do just fine. So, you know, part of that is when you go to housing, right? So it may be less expensive to build a 50-unit building to house 50 people. And that might work for the 50 individuals that are in there. But those, those hard-to-house, as I think is the term that we're, we're using in this day and age, you know, those, they need a smaller, more individual-type living environment, whether that's a smaller home with four or five others, with some counselors that can help, whatever that is. And every, again, every, every situation is different. But that is more expensive. So that, you know, that's where I said you know, the, you know, most problems can be solved if you throw enough money at it. But you can also throw a lot of money at a problem and not solve it. So, like you say, the, the business minds will figure out how to solve it because it's their money they're throwing at it. 
and, and we do, you know, and through Journey Home, City of Kelowna, and others, we do have an orchestrated approach to that, you know, five-year plan in Kelowna. Uh, you know, COVID or no COVID, or achievable or not achievable. But it, it and there's funding required for that. And, and so there are direct ways that you, could, you know, if somebody wants to invest, they can, knowing that where those, those funding outlets are going to. And, you know, the city just partnered with some complex needs housing as well. And so funding's required from that. So there, to, to your point, Shane, it's, it's a lot of different areas and sectors that need it. And I think as, as businesses, they can contribute to that way as well, just by doing little things like, hey, I can give a floor of our, you know, like that's funding in a different way. That, that's providing something. So I, I think we, we don't necessarily think in dollars and cents. There's, there's other ways to, to fund and, and to provide with people. And there's dollars and cents, right? Like it's, it's both hand. Well, and, and, you know, one of the programs that, that is out there is, is um, rent subs. So, you know, if it, it, and that piece goes actually more to prevention than it does to solving. But if we can keep someone from becoming homeless, that's way less expensive than once they're there getting them out, once they're entrenched. And there's... You know, again, I'm not an expert on it, but the stats on once you've been in homeless for X amount of days, the chances are you're going to stay there is, is, is very legit. Um, so rent subs is a really easy one, and there's programs where, you know, like we as a as a business group had looked at saying, okay, well, you know, I, I'm trying to remember the number, but I think it's 600 bucks a month or something like that would house would be a rent sub for one person. So you know, if you want your you know, if you are open to donating and you want to give money, there's a there's a very direct link where you can say, hey, okay, if I do this, then I can house one person a month. That feels pretty good too, right? Because again, that's back to you know, if everybody can adopt one individual and help them. No, you know, again, problem almost solved. Okay, I'm gonna leave it there because oh, I, I got goosebumps. I know, wasn't that that was top shelf, wasn't it? Um, I think the new name for your company should be Warm and Land, though. Don't you like the Warm and Land? Oh, I like yeah. that. Don't you like that? Solid. It's got a sense to it. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Actually. Well, uh, I, I've got somebody that came up with Shanty Town. So. <laughs> oh, oh, I heard there's a song named after you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and we'll stop it there. So thanks for listening, and uh, if you want more information. Um, is there a Journey Home website? Sure is. You know, you, if you just head to City of Kelowna, you can link through there. and then. Uh, but Journey Home also has a website as well. Yes, journeyhome.ca. Okay. I was going to say, you should know that. Yeah, I do know that. I'm just <laughs> saying there's a couple ways to end. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for spending the time, Shane. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> Way to yell. Thank you for listening in on the Homeless in Kelowna podcast. If you have feedback, reach out to us via email, rick at tempestmedia.net.